Hello and welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob and reading today from a series of messages on God's sovereignty by Charles Spurgeon. We're going to talk again this time about election. It's called Election, Its Defenses and Evidences. We'll kind of have a shorter version today. We're only going to do half of this message. His messages tend to be a little longer. So we'll do about not even quite half today. It's delivered in the year 1862 at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London, England. The verse that he uses, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. <clears throat> well, at the very announcement of the text, some will be ready to say, Why preach upon so profound a doctrine as election? I answer because it's in God's word, and whatever is in the word of God is to be preached. Uh, but some truths ought to be kept back from the people, you will say, uh, lest they should make an ill use thereof. <laughs> that is popish doctrine. It was upon that very theory that the priests kept back the whole Bible from the people. They didn't give it to them, lest they should misuse it. But are not some doctrines dangerous? Not if they are true and rightly handled. Truth is never dangerous. It is error and reticence that are fraught with peril. But do not men abuse the doctrines of grace? Well, I grant you that they do. But if we destroyed everything that men misuse, we should have nothing left. Are there, there to be no ropes because some fools will hang themselves? Must cutlery be discarded and denounced because there are some who will use dangerous weapons for the destruction of their adversaries? Decidedly not. Besides all this, remember that men do read the scriptures and think about these doctrines and therefore often make mistakes about them. Who then shall set them right, if we who preach the word hold our tongues about the matter? I know that uh, some men who have embraced the doctrine of election have become antinomians. Uh, such men would probably have found other excuses for their misdeeds if they had not sheltered themselves under the shadow of this doctrine. The sun will ripen the noxious weed as well as the fruitful plant. But that's not the fault of the sun, but of the nature of the weed itself. We believe, however, that more persons are made antinominians, antinominians, those who deny the doctrine, through those who deny the doctrine, than through those who preach it. One evidence of this is that in Scotland you will scarcely find a congregation of hyper-Calvinists. The simple reason being that the church in Scotland holds entire the whole doctrine upon this matter, and her ministers, as a rule, are not ashamed to preach it fearlessly and boldly, and in connection with the rest of the faith. Take any doctrine and preach upon it exclusively, and you distort it. The fairest face in the world with the most comely features would soon become unseemly if one feature were permitted to expand while the rest were kept in their usual form. Proportion, I take it, is beauty. 
and to preach every truth in its fair proportion, neither keeping back any, nor giving undue prominence to any, is to preach the whole truth, as Christ would have it preached. On a gospel thus entire and harmonious, we may expect to have the blessing of the Most High. So much by way of preface, not by way of apology. It's not my want to to offer any apology for speaking the truth. So what is this doctrine of election? Let's try to understand it as spoken of in the text, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. So there is such a thing as election. Any man who should deny that man is a free agent might well be thought unreasonable. But free will is a different thing from free agency. Luther denounced free will when he said that free will is the name for nothing. And President Edwards demolished the idea in his masterly treatise. God is the universal agent and doeth as he wills. And his will is supremely good. He is the superlative agent, and man, acting according to the devices of his own heart, is nevertheless overruled by that sovereign and wise legislation which causeth the wrath of man, that agency in which the creature cannot govern himself, to praise him, and the remainder thereof he restrains. Now how these two things are true I cannot tell. It's not necessary for our good either in this life or the next, that we should have the skill to solve such problems. I'm not sure that in heaven we shall be able to know where the free agency of man and the sovereignty of God meet, but both are great truths. God has predestinated everything, yet man is responsible, for he acts freely, and no constraint is put upon him even when he sinneth and disobeyeth wantonly and wickedly, the will of God. But so many as are saved, you will say, are saved because they believe. Certainly it is so. It is most true. God forbid I should deny it. But wherefore do they believe? They believe as the result of the working of the grace of God in their hearts. Since every man who is saved confesses this, since every true believer in the world acknowledges that something special has been done for him more than for the impenitent, the fact is established that God does make a difference. No one ever heard it laid as an impeachment against the Lord that he has made such a difference, so I cannot see why he should be impeached for intending to make that difference, which is just the doctrine of election. I am saved. But I know it is not because of any goodness in me. And if you are saved, you will freely confess that it is the distinguishing love of God that has made you to differ. The doctrine of election is simply God's intention to make the difference between people which you know exists. While he gives mercy to all, he gives more mercy to some that the mercy already received shall be made effectual to their eternal salvation. This election of God is sovereign. He chooseth as he will. Who shall call him to account? Can I not do as I will with my own? That's his answer to every caviller. Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Is the solemn utterance that silences everyone 
who would impugn the justice of the Most High. He has a right, seeing we are all criminals, to punish whom he will. As king of the universe, he doubtless acts with discretion, but still according to his sovereignty. Wisely, not wantonly, he rules, but ever according to the counsel of his own will. Election, then, is sovereign. Again, election is free. Whatever may be God's reason for choosing a man, certainly it's not because of any good thing in that man. He is chosen because God will do so. We can get no further. We get as far as those words of Christ, Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. And there we stop. For beyond that, no philosophy and no scripture can take us. As it is sovereign and free, so election is irreversible. Having chosen his people, he does not cast them away or or call back the word that's gone out of his lips. For it is written, he hateth putting away or divorce. He is of one mind, and who can turn him? Once more, election is effectual. For whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And this election is personal, for he calleth out his children one by one by their names. He calleth them even as he leadeth out the stars, and as he bringeth them every one to his father's house above. We have thus given a statement as to what this doctrine is. There we will leave it. Our present object is not so much to expound the doctrine as to strike a blow or two at certain errors which are very common and which spring out of it. I know, dear friends, there are some who are so afraid of this doctrine that the mention of it produces alarm. If they were to meet a lion in their way, they would not be more terrified than they are when they see this doctrine in Scripture or hear it from the pulpit. Therefore, secondly, we will notice what are the defenses of this doctrine and try, if we can, Uh, should you be laboring under any distress of mind about it, to remove your difficulties. Will you please remember, then, that this is not a point which you can understand at the commencement of spiritual and religious life? You would not teach your children, I suppose, to say their prayers backwards and begin at Amen, And you are beginning at the wrong end when you want, first of all, to know your election instead of commencing with repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Election is a lesson for the more advanced students. Faith and hope must be learnt, first of all, in the infant class, to which we all must go if we would be wise unto salvation. Now, if a child should have a a book of algebra put into his hand, and should puzzle himself and say, I shall never get an education, for I cannot understand this, and then take down some ancient classic and say, I cannot comprehend this, you would say, Dear child, you have nothing to do with these yet. Here's a simpler book for you, a primer. Here you have A, B, C. Learn this first, and then step by step, you shall attain to the rest. Well, even so it is with us. Simple trust in Christ is the first thing you have to understand. After that, you shall know the high 
the sublime and the glorious doctrines of God's decrees. But do not begin with these. You will mystify and ruin yourself. You will lose your way in a fog and get no good thereby. Again, it is very certain that that whatever this doctrine may be, and we will have no dispute about it just now, this doctrine cannot possibly be inconsistent with certain plain promises in God's word. Such promises are these. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Why, I, I might quote by the hour together some of these promises which are as wide as the poles, invitations that must not be narrowed, exhortations which are addressed to every man and woman under heaven, in which every one of them is bidden to hear and live. Ho, oh, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. You know the class of promises to which I allude. Now, these are the words of God, which are for you. Get hold of them. Come to Jesus Christ with them in your hand. And rest assured, the doctrine of election, instead of pushing you back, shall stand like the servants about your father's table to make music, while your whole being shall dance to the glorious tune. It shall be like a dish upon the table at the feast of the returning prodigal, of which you shall eat to the very full. It shall by no means repulse you or show anything to you which may keep you from hoping in Christ. Once more, it is quite certain that whatever it may be, this doctrine of election does not deliver you from your duty. Now, now what is your duty? Well, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. So much is this your absolute duty, that he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed. This, more than anything else, is the reason of men's condemnation. The scripture says this is the one great sin. Of the spirit of truth we read that when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. Of sin because they believe not on me. Very well then, inasmuch as God has so put it, that he commands you this day to trust Christ and to believe on him, that is what you have to see to. And you may rest perfectly sure that falling back on the doctrine of election in order to exonerate you from what God commands you to perform is but a pitiful pretense. You are commanded to believe. And what God commands, no doctrine may teach that it is unfit for you to do. May God help you to believe. For here this doctrine comes not to excuse you. The gospel commands you. And election through the Holy Ghost enables you. It is your duty to believe. But no man ever was saved as a matter of duty. For that which saves is the gift of God. But your business now is with Christ only, and not with the decrees of the Father, which are all in the keeping of Christ, and shall presently be revealed to you. You have to go to Christ first, and to his Father afterwards. For, saith he, no man cometh unto the Father, but by me. You must go round the cross to get to the decree. You must go round by redemption to get to election. There is no other 
way. Well, he has more. Next time it'll be the evidences of election in this same message, the evidences of election as we continue on with it tomorrow or next time that you are here. And I'm so glad you could be here today. Let me tell you once more about the other great men of God that are on this site. Do look around for them as you um, check out the various things that are here. I've got their stories. I've got their words. I've got North Korea audios by the hundreds. I've got North Korea photo updates. I've got a book on the Quran, a book on Muhammad, a book on many books on prophecy. And we go through the whole Bible several times and commentaries and books. Just click on the word store. 51 titles there that are there working on number 52 and 3 right now. Uh, each one of these is available when you get to Amazon or Kindle for just $1. Uh, Kindle. On Kindle, it's at $1. Now, the, the paperbacks are a little more. I have a disc that I'm I'm letting go for $10. It's it's two discs, actually, that has all those books, all 51 books, and 52 and 3 will be on there eventually. But all the books that I've ever put together are on these two CDs, and I do hope that you will just click on... Um, what is it? Give? No. Yes, give at the top of the page. And then the $10 button. That pays for the postage and everything else. Pays a little bit for some of the books themselves. But 51 books for $10, postage included. Go to my timeline um, on Facebook if you want to know a little about who I am. And then criesfromamongus.com is a blog written dealing with the, the cries that rise from the church to the ears of God regularly. And then at YouTube, just type in Bob from Hackberry House. Some of the things I've done here on audio or in the written are on there now on video. And then Zoom. Men, send me an email with your little testimony telling me a little about you. Um, and then I'll send you an invitation with a link on it to enter a Zoom meeting. If you have Zoom on your uh, computer or phone, you can join us every Saturday night. 7 o'clock Central Time. That's Chicago time. I do hope that you would think about that, men. Men need men for fellowship. I hope that you will join us. We have some great men with us already. God bless them and you. And that's it. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.